Over the past decade, short-term rentals, you know, like Airbnb, have become a mainstay of the Las Vegas Valley. 44 million people come to Vegas every year, and a lot of them want to stay in an Airbnb. But did you know they're not actually legal in Clark County? That's a pretty big swath of the valley. A new state law, however, says that Clark County has until July 1st to create that legal infrastructure. As an attorney and neighborhood activist, I've been writing, some would say ranting, about this issue for years now. So today on CityCast Las Vegas, I sit on the other side of the mic. Lead producer Sonia Cho Swanson interviews me about the legal battle around STRs and what you should know for the next county commissioner's hearing. It's Tuesday, April 26, 2022. I'm David Figler, and this is CityCast Las Vegas. I am super excited to learn a lot about SDRs from you because I know that you have done a lot of writing about it. Oh, I'm obsessed with it. A lot of ranting about it, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, some of that too. Good. Let's let's get into this rant. So tell me a little bit about why this is an issue in Las Vegas and why now? Sure. Short-term rentals or STRs are commonly known to people by the largest platform that allows people to find them, and that's Airbnb. The concept's pretty straightforward, and it's usually lumped in with the gig economy. So there have been a lot of um, STRs in the Las Vegas Valley, as you can imagine, because there's always people wanting to come here, and not everybody wants to stay in a hotel. So they've proliferated. There are thousands of them. Most of them do exist in unincorporated Clark County, which is the area, I mean, very, very, very loosely from Sahara mm -hmm. to Sunset, more or less. But basically, the middle part of the valley is unincorporated Clark County, and they have had an outright ban on them, and they still do, although that's about to change. Okay, question. You said the majority are in unincorporated Clark County, but you also said that Clark County has a ban on them. So are the majority of our Airbnbs illegal? Oh, they're all illegal as we sit until July 1st, 2022, at least. Wait, so what's happening on July 1st? What's this deadline? Why do we have a deadline at all? So last year, the Nevada legislature passed Assembly Bill 363. It is very long, very complicated. It dropped near the end of the session, so in my opinion, there still wasn't enough debate about it, but it is the law. And the law says that Clark County cannot ban outright Airbnb-type short-term rentals, and therefore the county is having to come up with a regulatory scheme to fit within what the state says now we have to do. So. I guess the idea was, and, and this was really pushed by uh, Assemblywoman Rochelle Nguyen, and she basically said, look, there's too many of them. They're operating without licensing, without taxes. It's time that we put in some reasonable regulations and require that if they're going to exist anyway, essentially, that they exist mm. in a format that we at least have some control over. Part of that, however, was to give amnesty to everyone who is operating illegally up until the time when it 
becomes the law in Clark County that you can operate legally. But hmm. how that's going to happen is still up in the air, and that's what Clark County is grappling with themselves. I see, I see. So it's time for a little catch-up, and now we have these debates going on. What do you see as some of the issues being debated about STRs right now? I mean, you could frame it a million different ways. The main things that we're talking about are like, how many can you have? How expensive is it to have a, a license and, and to operate your own uh, short-term rental? What's the maximum number of people that you could rent to? What are the terms and responsibilities? What do you have to do separate from just being a regular old homeowner? And is there a difference between like residents who want to rent out a room, want to rent out their entire house, want to rent out a second house, an investment property, or corporations that have been buying up houses, as many people have been watching our red hot housing market have noted, it's really, really hard to buy a house because there's a number of corporations that are snatching them all up. And many of those corporations are involved in the short-term rental business as well. So I have a friend who works at my local coffee shop just down the street, and he and his partner were trying to you know, they had cash to go buy a house. And every time a house came up in my neighborhood, they would be outbid immediately. And it was always some LLC that wound up outbidding them. Oh, and man. there was just nothing they could do about it. Yeah. So they wound up having to live not three blocks from where they work. Yeah. But, you know, on a complete outside edge of town where they could mm -hmm. still afford it. So, you know, how it Let's impacts the affordable housing is also like a big deal. Let's actually go into that a little bit because we've been talking a little bit about how we have an affordable housing crisis in Las Vegas, and I'm not sure there's enough conversation about how short-term rentals affect that. What do we know about the impact of short-term rentals on affordable housing? Yeah, the proliferation of STRs, every percentage of housing stock that's owned by them, there is a commensurate spike in housing prices and rentals. Now, no one has really done a study for Las Vegas, but we know that it does have an impact, we know that these are all mostly unlicensed. Like we said, all of them in unincorporated Clark County are operating unlicensed and not paying taxes. And so how that is actually impacting our city in that it is not paying taxes into the system that needs infrastructure. There's certainly draws on the infrastructure for having short-term renters in there, whether it's police services or the way, you know, that they utilize the, the homes, et cetera, and the constant turnover, whatever. But, you know, the bottom line is that taking those out of the housing stock and making those into these essentially little hotels inside residential neighborhoods just drives up prices. So, you know, I've seen all sorts of estimates that it could be as much as 14 or 15 percent of the spike is wow. due to uh, short-term rentals. And, mm -hmm. and I would anecdotally think that it might even be higher just the way that it works here because people are so eager to have these Airbnb type places mm -hmm. near the strip that, you know, prices are skyrocketing. Okay. So just to play devil's advocate here for a second, what about those stories you hear about people who really need the extra cash. They have a, you know, little casita in the backyard. They have an extra bedroom and, you know, times have been tough in Las Vegas the last couple of years. Maybe they rented out, get a little extra money. Oh, and we hear that story all the time. And, 
And, you know, I'm not here to verify anyone's life circumstance. It's never a great idea legislating by anecdote, good or bad, <laughs> up or, like up or down, uh-huh. you know, but if you dig deep into it, there are a lot of corporations that are buying homes to turn them into short-term rentals. There are a lot of people who are using their investment property. So it's their second home. Mm-hmm. There are definitely people who are, you know, very much on the borderline of being in dire straits. It could be medical costs. I, I hear these stories all the time and, and my heart goes out that, you know, anyone's in a dire situation. But the question is, you know, what is the sacrifice of a community? Because, you know, at the end of the day, there are other people who are profiting off of that too, including the platforms. There was some discussion like, well, do we really want to stop somebody from renting out a room in their house or the casita in their backyard, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of how the city of Las Vegas made a compromise. Hmm. And they said, okay, as long as you're staying there, you kind of satisfy all the concerns of your neighbors, at least these ethereal concerns. You know, there's somebody responsible at the property at all times. You're not going to let it turn into a party house. Mm -hmm. You know, you're going to follow the rules. You're going to continue to be a good neighbor and you're going to make money. And so that's called owner occupied. Okay. Uh And the concept is that as long as you're there, you could do almost anything you want with your house, like renting out a room or renting out your little casita in the back and that sort of thing, as long as you're there. Got it. So right now, Clark County is having kind of this, I don't know, what can we call it? Like an existential crisis? A moment. It really is because they never wanted it. You know, they really, as a county commission, they've almost uniformly said, we just don't want these, but now the state law makes them. Now the state law has a bunch of like, I guess you could call them caps or ceilings or guidelines that can't be violated. And so the distance between one and another of these short-term rentals has to be at least 660 feet. You can't have them any closer than that. And 660 feet sounds like a very arbitrary uh, Hmm. number, but in planning circles, apparently that is a standard city block. So they're really trying to make it one short-term rental per block. So the distance and how many people can be there and how many nights have to be allowed. And, And this sort of thing is all baked in to this new law that requires the county to adopt some ordinance that allows for short-term rentals by July 1st, 2022. So the realtors are very much for it. There's a lot of people who proclaim that they're the mom and pops and just that very situation that you brought up, you know, this is our life depends on this. We need to be able to exploit our own property. Then there's different coalitions who are you know, advocates for affordable housing who want the county to be very cautious. There's homeowner associations who don't want it in theirs and they're pretty much carved out. So if you're in a homeowners association, you have the ability to kind of opt out of the scheme. And then there's little conclaves like Mount Charleston doesn't want it up there, but they're in in the county. And so they're lobbying the county right now to try to figure out a way to exempt Mount Charleston. Uh, I think Searchlight is is trying to do the same thing. So, you know, it's really interesting. Boulder City did very well with their lobbyists. They actually got a carve out at the state level. So they're not impacted. I understand where people are coming from, but I also understand, you know, that you have to give something up to get something. And, and sometimes it does seem a little selfish. 
to, you know, not really care about a neighborhood. And I think that's more likely to be on the on the backs of of these corporations. So I, I obviously fall on the side of if you're going to have them regulate them like mad and mm-hmm. try to get as much out of it as you can, because it really is a commercial enterprise in residential areas. You know, the more organized people who are against these wear T-shirts that say, you know, don't hotel my neighborhood. Wow. Or something like that. Yeah. And yeah. then on the other side, you know, there are people like, why shouldn't it's America? I should be able to do what I want with my home, you know, and I need this money. So why are you getting in the way of, you know, my cancer treatment or whatever it might be? And so there's heartstrings on both sides. As far as the balance goes, I think what the county is going to do is severely limit how many are allowed. I think there's something like a a potential for 8,000, and I think they might cap it at 2,000, and they may do it by way of a lottery, as opposed to some of the other jurisdictions have done it as sort of a first-come, first-served sort of thing. So for residents of Clark County who are going to the next hearing or, or the next, you know, public discussion held by the commissioners about STRs, what are some questions you would hope that residents bring? Well, I mean, the hearings start to get a little redundant. There's people like me who are like, we don't want party houses. We don't (laughs) want our neighborhoods turned into commercial hotel zones. We want the character of a residence etc etc and then on the other side you know the people are like what about my rights you know my homeowner rights my property rights they're ensconced in the constitution of the united states and i really need this and and shame on you for trying to take money out of my pocket and so it really comes down to how can we reasonably do this in a fair way that has as minimum an impact on neighborhoods and housing stock as possible that people who are commercializing something that is traditionally residential are paying their fair share into the infrastructure. And where does that money go? So I think the big questions to ask the county is, you know, what are you going to do with the money that you make from all these short-term rentals? I think that Mm. is a very good question. Mm -hmm. Um, I think another really good question is, how are you going to approach enforcement? Are you going to be hiring more people who are dedicated to just investigating short-term rentals? Or are you just going to hire more people in code enforcement and they're going to do all the stuff that code enforcement does anyway? You just have more people doing it, which doesn't help us per se. What is your goal as far as offset? In other words, like county, if you're going to allow 2,000 units to become short-term rentals, that's 2,000 units that long-term renters or home buyers aren't going to have. So what are you going to do to make up for that deficit? What plan do you have specifically in place? And this might be part of that affordable housing conversation as well. Absolutely, You have to figure out ways to legitimately hold these platforms accountable because they're in our community and they're not vested in it, but they are right. Right, They're not, they're like, you know, we're not a transportation company says Uber and Lyft. We're just Mm -hmm. a platform. We're not Mm -hmm. a housing company corporations as Airbnb and, you know, VRBO, we're just a platform. And just being a platform causes a lot of havoc and chaos in communities. And so there needs to be a little bit more defined, I think, uh, corporate responsibility for these platforms, because, you know, what they've been doing to date in Mm -hmm. our communities 
is not exactly what we'd hope for. Um, right, it, right. And, and it doesn't diversify our economy and it doesn't do all the neat things that, you know, we want corporations who are operating in Nevada and in Las Vegas to do. So I think those are all really good questions to pose to your, your county commissioners when they're debating this. All right. I hope our listeners are taking notes and uh, coming prepared to that next hearing. And they could read all the stuff that I've written about it and I've <laughs> ranted. I mean, you could find me on a street corner yelling <laughs> at, at people about this. Don't go there. OK, so I have one last question for you, David. So, so now that you've been deeply involved in this whole SDR debate uh, and have been watching it and writing about it for years, do you still use... Airbnb when you travel? Wow, you're asking me the hypocrite question. <laughs> I've admitted it in writing, and and I admit it that I do still utilize that service sparingly. Okay. I, I try to be more thoughtful about it. I I definitely make sure that it is in a place that I'm, I'm, I'm not going to leave much of a footprint, if that makes sense. I also, and, and this is true, I will look up to see if there was as much like controversy out of a certain neighborhood uh, or if they were really against it or adamant uh, about it when it was being you know, promulgated in their own community. And, mm -hmm. and I want to be thoughtful to that. You know, I'm not going to go to a, a short-term rental that's in an area that's been gentrified and displace people. And you could, you could research that as well. And so whenever I do a short-term rental in another community, I always make sure that I patronize all the places within walking distance. Mm -hmm. So if that's breakfast or a little retail shop or a neighborhood bar, I always walk if I could walk there, I know I'm supporting that neighborhood's business, and that's important to me as well. Mm, that's good advice, um, and advice that I will be taking uh, going forward as well. I um, appreciate this thoughtful conversation. It's time for a little news. What's going on around town, Layla? Well, David, let's talk about the event that is expected to shatter all other Las Vegas event records and cement our reputation as a sports town. The NFL Draft is coming here for the first time ever starting this Thursday going until Saturday. The three-day event is being compared to New Year's Eve in Las Vegas, which, as we know, can draw a crowd. Be on the lookout for lane closures and reductions on Las Vegas Boulevard around Flamingo and Koval. If you dare to enter the madness, the best way to get around is the monorail. There are tons of fun and free activities going on from theater viewings to concerts. So check out visitlasvegas.com for more info and download the NFL One Pass app for access to events. Next up, congratulations to CityCast listener Krizel C, who won our Waven Festival ticket giveaway. Come say hi to us at the festival, Krizel, and thanks for listening to CityCast. Didn't get a chance to enter for the first round of Waven tickets? Well, you're in luck. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at CityCast Vegas for your chance to win two tickets to their headlining event featuring Roxanne Gay and Dr. Eve Ewing at Springs Preserve. Deadline to enter is tomorrow, April 27th.
And that's all for today here on CityCast Las Vegas. Did you enjoy the show? Well, tell a friend, rate the show, leave us a review, and subscribe to our morning newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. See ya. Deadline to enter is tomorrow. Oh my gosh.